things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Yo, 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 grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology, where I'm your host, K-Dub. And today, we're going to talk about your friend, <laughs> Michael Todd. But before we do that, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're not. As always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Yes, we're going to be talking about Michael Todd. Michael Todd has, has, some, has some very interesting views on the Trinity and... I know I've done a video on that particularly, but I want—I I actually went back and listened to the to the sermon in full, and actually saw it was actually worse than I uh, could have actually anticipated. But let me answer some objections that you know before I get into the video. I want to spend a little time answering some objections, and it's the same thing when I deal with other false teachers or other teachers who aren't you know uh, biblically solid on the issue. This is the typical response I get. I get you know, hey, well you don't. You, you, you know, you're just judgmental. You, you know, you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're critiquing my favorite teacher. And, you know, of course, you're not a <laughs> Christian if you do that. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says in Acts 20 that Paul warned to the church daily for three years about false teachers. And my argument is that if we want to be biblical, we got to warn the body of false teachers and false teachings. And so. The response should not be, oh, where they're talking about a guy, a a pastor I like, therefore they're wrong. Well, no, maybe your pastor's wrong. Can we can we at least hear the evidence? Can we listen to what's said before? Because, uh, you know, oftentimes you look in the comments, that's a lot of what I get. Obviously, you know, there's people, you know, saying, wow, I didn't know this or hey, good video, good content. But, you know, people who aren't maybe subscribed to the channel, their 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 first reaction to some of this stuff is. Wow, uh, you're talking about a guy I like, and he's a good man of God. And he's the other the other good stuff over here, and it's like, well, I'm not challenging any of those things right now. I'm challenging about the content I'm dealing with is not biblical. So that's what we should uh, first ask: is 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 this issue biblical? Um, I have my good old Waterloo for this video because. I'm gonna need it. I am going to need it, and you might need it. If you don't have Waterloo, get you, get you a case. Get you a case. Tell them I sent you. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to dive in because we're, we're going to see, right? You remember the video I did where Michael Todd, he's explaining the Godhead, and he kind of presents a modalistic view of God, and then he kind of pre- presents a you know, tritheistic God. I, I Here's my take. I don't really believe... Michael Todd is uh, convinced on his view of God. He doesn't really know. He's just sharing stuff. Someone asks, what flavor do I have? I have good old peach. Good old peach here. And so, flavor of the day is peach, guys. <laughs> so, mm. so let's get into it. Are you guys ready? Because I'm ready. Let's go. When it comes to this life with Christ, I want to submit to you that there is an upgrade that is free of charge. Now, when I first heard this statement, the upgrade, and, and you know, maybe I put the cat out the bag, so some of you are, you know, where I'm going. But let, let's be fair. You know, when it comes, let's 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 play that back and deal with what he said right there. When it comes to this life with Christ, I want to submit to you that there is an upgrade that is free of charge. Now, I could reinterpret that in an orthodox manner now i know what he's going to say later so (laughs) so there's that right because you know when it comes to this life of christ there's an upgrade free of charge and and, you know i I can make that orthodox right like hey there's an upgrade to how you live okay that's that's true oh and it's uh good to see you uh (laughs) marion I know I joked with you yesterday about better see you here. So it's good you're here. You, you stay true to your promise. You know, there there is an upgrade. But what he's going to connect the upgrade with, Scripture never states. So I ain't going to spoil it too soon. I, w- I want to, I don't want to lead you into what I 
you know, I want to see if you guys get it as well. You, you guys know how to tell you here. Think about it. Think about what he's saying. Think about what I say. And ask yourself, is it biblical? Grace and peace to your proverbial life. Hope you're doing well, bro. That has been paid for in the nail prints that Jesus took. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter and everybody shouted that he got up, but we don't talk about what he left. Yeah, so what did Jesus leave that's an upgrade? Well, that's the central question we'll be actually examining today. So stick around through this video. Think about it. He got up, he got up, and he's gone now. And we shout about something that happened while something is still available to happen. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. What Jesus did is give us an upgrade. And I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. At the end of his ministry, when you go through John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is basically trying to convince his disciples it's going to be okay. I'm leaving, but it's going to be okay. I ain't going to be here no more, but it's going to be okay. I'm not pulling and making fish into enough to feed everybody no more, but it's going to be okay. Because I'm about to send somebody who's your upgrade. Can I prove? Okay, so now we're actually getting a little more evidence of what this upgrade is. It's not necessarily, you know, sanctification, um, you know, uh, being, you know, old man to the new man. Clearly, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Remember? Hold on. Let, let, let's go back a little. And making fish into enough to feed everybody no more. But it's gonna be okay. Because I'm about to send somebody who's your upgrade. So, who did Jesus send? Well, very clearly, um, Jesus sent the Spirit. That's not debatable. Uh, I don't think anyone could debate that biblically. Jesus clearly sent the Spirit. But is the Spirit an upgrade? And the question goes, upgrade from whom? Well, guys, it's going to get worse. Michael Todd may have one of the most confusing, uh, heretical <laughs> doctrines on the Godhead that I've that I've heard. But let's let's um let's allow him to flesh it out. Let's be fair to him. Can I prove it to you? John chapter 14, verse 16. This is Jesus. It's titled, Jesus Promises Another Helper. He said, and I will pray to the Father. And Hebrew word, um, in Hebrew, that word pray means ask. So read it like that. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, everybody say helper. Underline that, circle that, highlight that. He will give you another helper. So that implies that Jesus was a helper. But Jesus helped us in salvation. That was his piece of the puzzle. Jesus' piece of the puzzle was that he helped us with salvation. But it seems like he was indicating that the spirit does not. This is why it's, you know, I, I, I say that Michael Todd is not a functional Trinitarian. What do I mean by that? Well, like this. So a Trinitarian would argue they are all instrumental fundamental in salvation they just have different roles right the father uh sent the son the son died on the cross right this the spirit and the um father didn't die on the cross the son did that but it actually would be bad to say that the spirit is not a helper in salvation what do you mean he acts the spirit applies the work to uh to his people so how can you say the spirit is not a helper in salvation that that you indicated that only the son is <sighs> boy the spirit illuminates our eyes to understand what the son did so this is yeah yeah i, I, I like this he panders to youth in every service but this is proof of how he starts with the prop slash a topical idea first then tries to build a sermon off of it it's cutesy cutesy and theologically Erroneous. You are very right. <laughs> very well said. I, that should be like the blueprint of describing Michael Todd's uh, 
theology and and how his homiletics that is his preaching he preaching to talk. <laughs> so let's uh let's keep going uh, i'm gonna mess with some of y'all theology in this whole thing but you're gonna get it just stick yeah well you yeah you're messing with our theology because <laughs> it's not biblical this is <laughs> this isn't uh biblical so yeah that, you know you know so yes you should receive pushback. Sadly, you don't. Jesus was an example to help us know how to walk on this earth with all the crazy that was going on. He helped give us a picture. He said, but I'm going to send another helper that he realized in your Bible. That is a capital H. That is not an it. That is a God. He. That is a God. Now, some of you may be like, okay, you know what he means. He means like the third person of the Godhead. Well, he's actually going to make multiple statements in this sermons that makes it seem like there's three gods. You don't believe me? Hold on to your, uh, hold on to your Bible belt. Uh, he probably needs some Waterloo. Yeah, hey, if he had some Waterloo, that might. You know what? I don't know if Waterloo can help, help this out. <laughs> I don't know. But it definitely won't hurt him. It won't hurt you. They abide with you forever. That's on heaven and in earth. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Write down my first point. The Holy Spirit is not just a power. He's not just a present. Presence, the Holy Spirit, watch this, is a person. Hear what I'm saying. The power resides in all three of them. Now, you guys, if you want to see my breakdown of his, his what, uh, water, ice, and CO2 <laughs> gas with his dry ice, um, you can go listen to it. I think it was my last video on Michael Todd where I show how his his view of the Trinity he thinks is a Trinity is actually modalism. modalism. And so I didn't put that here in this uh, video clip just to save time. And we, we've already hashed that th those things out. So we'll continue. And if you want to sum up your Christian life and God the Father, the big man upstairs, and what Jesus did at the cross, which was powerful, then you will leave out the most influential part of affecting your life today. So the Holy Spirit, according to Michael Todd, is the most influential person of the Godhead when it comes to affecting your life today. We're going to see his reasoning for this, but this actually makes you ask the question, well, I thought they were co-equal, co-eternal, you know, classic Trinitarian doctrine that all Trinitarians believed until Michael Todd comes around and tries to redefine the Trinity, which is tritheism and kind of modalistic, depending on what analogy he wants to use. Um, that's what Trinitarians have believed long beforehand, you know, but Michael Todd, you know, gets to tell everyone they're wrong about it and make up his own version and act like he's saying the same thing you do. But he says that the Holy Spirit is actually the most influential person in the Godhead. And if you think I'm misrepresenting him, stick around because he's actually going to be a lot more clear once he gets to the end of his sermon. So, Sit, stay, uh, stay around. <laughs> Can I help you? God's done doing. God is done doing. Well, I'm, I'm going to allow him to elaborate, but what he's saying is the Father is no longer working today. Uh, Still Forgiven says, I think it's a decent one. Water is liquid, ice, and vapor all H, are all H2O. I, I do not think it's a good one. And, I, and if you want to hear my explanation... Um, you can go watch uh, why why I believe that's not the case. But yes, he's using CTO, not H2O. Yeah. 
seven days. He did everything he was going to do in seven days. So what Michael Todd is telling us that everything the father did, right? That's the liquid version of, of, of this analogy. The father only worked for uh, seven days. You guys see your problem with that? I, I, I'm going to answer that. Re, I'm going to rebuttal to that. But I want him to, there's something I want him to say before I do that. But hear what Michael Todd is saying. The father only worked for the first seven days of creation. The father's never worked. And if you want to be technical, only six days, right? You get my point. Six days out of the thousands of years, the father's worked. And I, I apparently hasn't been doing anything since. But let's... uh. Yes, his theology proper is bad. He doesn't understand the attributes of God at all, which is why he can use poor illustrations like likening a person of the Trinity to a software update. Hey, so you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Hold on for those who don't. So let's keep going. He had a board meeting with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and said, let's go ahead and make man in our image. I got the first leg. I'm going to take the next seven days. And I'm going to speak to the void and I'm going to blow life. I'm going to tell the ocean to come that far. Uh-uh, uh-uh, stop. That's where the land is going to start. And then I'm going to make birds and I'm going to make whales and I'm going to make, I'm going to do all of that. And on the sixth day, I'm going to take a nap. All right. So let's stop there. We've heard enough. A couple problematic things with this is. That the scripture indicates creation isn't just what the father does, but actually it's what the son does as well. It's what the spirit does as well. We see John 1, Jesus is there creating. We know that the father's there creating and the spirit is hovering over the, over the world, over the face of the earth. So why he wants to indicate that it was only the father, I have no clue. And then this idea of God taking a nap. Did God take a nap? My Bible says God doesn't get tired or slumber. How can God take a nap? So let me answer this, I, this question of what does it mean for when God said he rested? What does it mean, right? Because a lot th maybe some people may be confused with this concept. Well, what it means for God to rest is... Ultimately speaking of his satisfaction with his work, the completion of his work. That's what the Bible means. Not that he was tired and he sat down and man, he, he had to get some couple Z's because, I mean, man, he's just worn out. That's how Michael Todd presents this. Like God is just worn out from six days of nonstop labor and breaking his back. And he, I mean, he had to rest from all that. Michael Todd has a very humanistic God, a God like him, right? Michael Todd needs to sleep. He needs to take some naps. So I guess God does too. See, it's not very wise to look at yourself and look at creation and, and import that back onto God and say, well, God must be like that because I'm like that. No, God did not take a nap. He wasn't tired. He wasn't sleepy. He wasn't drowsy. I mean, the Bible's very clear. God doesn't get tired. <laughs> So why say God took a nap? It, it actually indicates you don't understand the biblical language of Sabbath. It doesn't, it doesn't mean like tired, which nap indicates like you're weary. When you take a, when I take a nap, <laughs> I take, I like my naps. It doesn't mean like, you know, it doesn't indicate, you know, that language of being drowsy. Sabbath is God completing his work and being satisfied in it. Uh, Old, Old Testament imagery. I was trying to find the the verse. I, I I couldn't remember where it was at, but I believe it's in the Psalm Psalms where it, it speaks of like this idea of King like being satisfied after a victory and like drinking his water. He's just he's satisfied. the 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 war is over. the The war is over, so to speak. The, the, it's completed. That's the idea of Sabbath. Not, I'm tired and. Got to get in my lazy boy, as he indicates. But let's keep going. 
And I'm going to show people how to rest even when they're creating something that people will be enjoying for the rest of their life. I got seven days on it. And he created Eden as a paradise. And what ended up happening is the enemy came into Eden and God said, I'm done doing what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stay with my kids in paradise I created. The enemy comes in, whispers Adam and Eve. They fall out of relationship with God. And now because he's holy, there is a separation. You know what's actually missing from every time I've heard um, Michael Todd tell this story? You know what's missing from, from when, I, when I speak of the story? Um, Jewel Scott says, in fairness, he might be uh, joking. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I think that's just bad language. I think you would agree with that. But um, what's missing from him every time he tells the, the Adam and Eve uh, when, when they fell? Sin, God's wrath, God being offended by sin, God, God intervening in his holy hatred of sin. That's that's never mentioned in Mike. It's well, they just fell out of relationship with him and God just kind of had to separate. This is. We'll keep going. The only reason you may have never thought about this, Jesus is not necessary had sin not entered the world. You, guys, I want you to think about that because Jesus would not be necessary if sin wouldn't have entered the world. Think about what he's saying. My, 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 I would want clarification on this because necessary in what way? Because Jesus would always be necessary if sin came into the world or not into the world. I mean, he's the sustainer of life. Regardless, he's the upholder of all things, regardless. So necessary in what way? Maybe you mean necessary in a sense of saving from sin. Well, okay, but you, you, you got to be clear on some, some of those things. I'll, I'll try to be gracious right there. But since sin entered the world, the father said, y'all going to make me get up. But I can't because I'm holy and I can't change. So I'm not going to come down off my throne to save my kids because they didn't listen to me. But I'm going to send a big brother. And I'm going to send a big brother. I need y'all to stay with me. I'm going to send their big brother. And I'm going to make him take the whooping they should have got. And Jesus said, I'll do my part. Seven days, 33 years. Let, let me actually address this issue of the God, the father only working seven days, because this is that's very problematic, too. And we'll 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 deal with some other issues once we get past this. But John five seventeen, this this verse refutes him completely. I mean, if you need another if you need any verse to show that the father did worked more than seven days, look to John five seventeen. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now. Wow. And I am working. So God, the father has been at work. According to John five seventeen, Till Jesus day at that time. So he he hadn't he hadn't stopped only. For seven days working, he's been working for thousands of years up until that point, but. Michael Todd says, oh, well, only seven days. Well, Jesus disagrees. He's been working longer than that. I would I would love to hear Michael Todd deal with that verse. Well, doesn't the Bible say he's been working till now? How can you say he's only worked seven years? I'm trying to give you a timeline of every God personality and expression, what they were supposed to do. See, it's statements like that that makes me think he doesn't understand the Trinity he said, I'm trying to give you a timeline of every God expression, personality, and what they were supposed to do. Like, 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 like I said, he's not very clear. It's, he uses very confusing language to describe what he thinks is a Trinity because it's that language actually sounds very modalistic, not Trinitarian. No, or, or, or I mean, I could even see how someone would say, um, that actually sounds very polytheistic, tritheistic. 
And I was going to get here, Drew. <laughs> I was going to get here. How do you explain the gap from the seven days and thir Christ's 33 years? Exactly. I was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. What, who was, how was, what was happening from day seven? You know, day six, you want to be technical. From day seven till Christ's incarnation. You know, that's thousands of years of human history right there. Michael Todd just skips over that. He pretty much skips over from uh, Genesis 2 to Matthew 1. If you want a timeline for that. Uh, yeah. God the Father worked it out for seven days and took a nap from one of them. Well, we and, and so, Jewel, that's why I think he's not joking because he says it twice. Um, but we've already demonstrated that the father working for seven days was not true. The father's, you better hope the father's working. <laughs> but watch this. God, the son came to the earth for 33 years. And what did he say when he climbed up on the cross? It is finished. What was finished? His part of the plan was complete. When he died on the cross, he said, I did my part. And right before he died, he tells the disciples, don't worry, I've done my part. Yes, his, uh, his part when it comes to the atonement. Not that that was his only part. We're going to look at that in a second. I'm going to give some verses to show that even Jesus, one, is working now, currently, and he has been working, even in the Old Testament. So, I mean, you got God for seven days, the Father, and then you got Jesus for 33 years, apparently. I, Michael Todd doesn't understand the functions, the roles, I'll say the roles of each person, Father, Son, Spirit. I mean, you have... Vast of human history, God was actually not working. It's, like he says, a part of this sounds a little deistic. It's just God's a little more involved in some stuff. He just comes from a little time and he just hands off now. But I'm about to send you. I'm about to tag in. Y'all ever watch wrestling when, they, when they're at the ropes and they tag in their partner? God tagged Jesus. And then Jesus tagged the Holy Spirit. And so the analogy he uses is an old wrestling analogy. Hey, I grew up liking, like, liking wrestling, man. I, I watched, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker. I, I was a big wrestling fan growing up as a kid. So, <laughs> you know, but the analogy is actually unbiblical. Because what is the person doing on the side? They're just waiting. They're inactive. And so what he has described as the father and son, since they've tagged in the Holy Spirit, they're inactive. They're not doing anything. They're just watching, cheering on, I guess. But they aren't doing anything according to Michael Todd's analogy. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't John 1 say Christ was created everything? Everything was created by him? Exactly. I believe that the, um, that the uh, creation was a Trinitarian creation. The Father, Son, and Spirit can be credited with it because they are one in essence and being, not in person. Make that distinction as a Trinitarian. And can I say it like this? I'm going to mess with your theology right here. Well, too late. <laughs> you already have. And it's uh, unorthodox uh, theology. God's not doing anything else in your life. God the Father, it ain't, he's, God, will you help me? He already did. So for six days, God's done everything he's done. But let me, let me show you how that's not true, even with one verse. I mean, Jesus says that the Father is answering prayer. What do you mean the Father's not doing anything? He's answered his prayer. We commune with him. What do, you, what do you mean God the Father isn't doing anything? So, 
like I said, it, it, this this doesn't make any sense, biblically speaking. Biblically speaking, it doesn't make any sense. So. When he sent Jesus. And Jesus, even though you wear the cross around your neck, he not coming to earth to help you do anything. Jesus, help me. Anytime you call on him, both of them stand here and say, Holy Spirit. What? So, so in his example, the whole, even Jesus isn't working, but let me, let me show you how that's not true. Let me show you how that's not true. Where, where is it? Oh yeah, here we go. Let me give you a couple of biblical examples to show Christ is actively working. Um, he, John, or oh, sorry, Hebrews 725 says that Jesus is interceding on our behalf. He, he literally brings our prayers and request to God the Father. First John 2, 1 and 2 says Jesus is our advocate when we sin. So he goes before us still. Uh, John 14, 1 through 3. He's preparing a place for us in heaven. What What is Michael Todd talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Christ is just off the clock forever. He's not coming back. Yeah, he's going to come back for us. If he's just not going to do anything, it's just the Holy Spirit, then who's coming back? Like I said, a lot of this is just very confusing. Well, it's not confusing. It's only confusing given his theology. The Bible's clear, but Michael Todd, I, I can't imagine someone just listening to that who knows their Bible in any sense like, what? What is this guy saying? No one should be clapping and screaming yet. These are Michael uh, Toddler's uh, people, so... They are, sadly. What I'm trying to say to you is if you need help knowing what to do in your business, God can help you. Jesus can help you. But there's a God, Holy Spirit, who has been fashion formed and suited. So let's start with the first statement. You know, he's saying, you know, if you need help, yeah, the father can help you. The son can help you, but that's not their role. They're not going to help you now. <laughs> wow. I I totally disagree. I totally disagree. And and I don't want you to hear this statement. Your business? God can help you. Jesus can help you. But there's a God, Holy Spirit who has been fashion formed and suited. So there's a God. I mean, even that language is problematic. There's a God who's been fashion formed and suited. Would anybody like to take a take on why that's wrong? Why they believe that's wrong? What does that actually sound like? What does that sound? That, that sounds like he's arguing that the spirit was created. Because God isn't fashioned. God, God is not fashioned. He's, he isn't formed. That sounds like he's arguing that the spirit was, was made in such a way to where he's created to help you. Like I said, he, he might be, I don't know, so, you know, just grasping for language. He, he just used wrong language. That, that, that's possibility, but at the very least, it's wrong language. To be fashioned is creative language in the sense of like actual creation, uh, not just being cre not creative, like, <laughs> but creation language, you know. And so, I, like I said, that part was actually like, wow, that, I think this guy thinks the Holy Spirit was actually created. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the spirit was trained for his position. Like right? he, he had to go to like the Holy Spirit, like the count, you know, network, you know, and so. He's just doing workouts to, to learn his role. It's like, just very strange. Very strange. To help you, and you need to know where to go. Why would I have all of this power available to me? All of this help available to me? Because somebody said it was weird? Because somebody abused the, the term before? Because you were never taught about it? I have a burden to help you experience God 3.0. Yeah. 
God 3.0 God 3.0 What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What what God 3.0? Let me let me type it in the chat. <laughs> Just in case y'all not listening. God 3.0 you know, I, I I like computers. You know, I you know I do my editing and <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. How can God be three if he never changes? Right? How can God be the three version if there's no changing or? Shifting of shadow, as the Bible says, right? You know, let me go with this verse. I, I I like, you know, computers. I have a Mac. That's what I do my videos on. So what you know, and let, let me let me share some, you know, uh, some uh, upgraded versions. You know, when 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 Mac first dropped, they dropped the uh, what was it called? Uh, the Cheetah version. Then it went to Puma and. Jaguars. It was in love with these cat animals, you know, panther, jaguar, leopard, snow leopard, and lion, mountain lion. Then they went on to other stuff, right? Uh, El Capitan, uh, Sierra. Some of these might sound more familiar. High Sierra, uh, Mojave, and then Catalina, and then now we're on Monterey. Okay, so these are upgraded. Now, if you go to the version now, it's actually a better version, better quality than the 1.0 version. Like you, don't, you, there's much more features, right? Yes, very sad, very, very unbelievable. There's much more features in this version of the Mac than there was the original. Is that what he's saying with God 3.0 that there was? I mean, I know he's arguing that there's an actual upgrade. He's going to say that here in a second. Hold on. Is he saying that the 3.0 is actually better? I.e. the spirit is better than the father? That's the only way that can be made sense out of this. You know, it's like, wow. See, see, a lot of people don't realize... That, that there's three versions of God. And when you talk about an operating system, it just makes sense to me in my mind. It just makes sense to me in my mind. God is like an operating system. No, he's not. God is not an operating system. You know why? Operating systems can fail. They need work. They need to be booted. They need to be restarted and improved on and uh, software manufacturers and software updates. And God is not like that. God is not a big, smart computer. There's no 3.0. There's no better version. Why? Because you always get the best version. There's only one version, so to speak. But in Michael Todd's uh, Trinity, in Michael Todd's version of God, which I, I don't even consider his view a Trinitarian view, you got God getting better. Matter of fact, you have a, one of the persons of the Godhead better than the rest. That's that's disturbing. That is not Trinitarian. That's not biblical. Each person are co-equal, co-eternal. What, what is he getting this stuff from? God is an operating system now? Oh. Most of us recognize God. Most of us have loaded up the operating system of God. We say, notice that. And when he says God, he, he generally means the father, right? God 1.0. You see that the father is, this is, this is very insulting to the father. This is very insulting. God 1.0. The Father is just the basic version of God, right? He, I mean, 
when you create something, it's 1.0. It's the first version. And then when you get upgrades, then it automatically goes to the 2.0s, et cetera, et cetera. Right? God right here is the original Mac, according to Michael Todd. Right? I mean, <laughs> that one's created in a, in a Mac. Oh, sorry, in a uh, garage. So God is this the, the garage version Mac, right? First version. Terrible, terrible analogy, Michael Todd. Just 1.0. 1.0. You know what? I recognize him. But it is my goal at Transformation Church, we represent God to the lost and found for one reason. That's transformation in Christ. I will admit you are representing God. The problem is it's a heretical version. What we want you to do is not just recognize that there is a big man upstairs. We want you to recognize there's a God, but we want you to receive God 2.0, which is. And so Jesus is the 2.0 version. So he's better than 1.0, but he's still lacking. Right? Yes. I, yes. You have said this. Yeah. I've said this before. Someone really sat down and created these graphics and says, yeah, this makes total sense. All right. Can you imagine being like the, the person who does the props and you know, the, the graphics and thinking, thinking through this stuff, like I would have been long fired. I'll tell y'all that. <laughs> Cause you see me put like a heresy side, heresy, like in the middle of the screen, <laughs> false teaching. I would have got, Oh, I would have been done. I would have been totally been done. But notice what he says. Jesus is 2.0, so he's a better version. He's an updated version of the Father. Still lacking from 3.0, what we're going to see here in a second. But still better, right? I mean, because good, look, I mean, the Father only worked seven days, according to him. Jesus worked 33 years, so I guess he's better because he's had more time to do this. Jesus. That's why at the end of every service, in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. Why would you want them to receive the, the lower quality version? They can't. He can't help them anyway, according to what you said earlier. See, this is where this stuff actually fumbles down. This is where this theology actually crumbles. The cookie crumbles. <laughs> or the Mac top, you know, gets destroyed. Whatever, you know, analogy you want to use that <laughs> to show <laughs> this is silly. Oh, yeah, this is a good point, too. Some people are waiting for that 4.1 version. Yeah, I mean, if they're getting better, couldn't the father, like, receive an update and he kind of jumped the spirit and then the son receives an update, right? See, this is actually where this stuff gets problematic. This is why, I, look, stop with the silly analogies, drop the props and just preach the Bible. See, if he would actually spend more time in the Bible, he could never come up with this theology. But the people he's preaching to don't have a clue about theology anyway so this is what they think right this is what they think you know there is no better version of god they're all co-equal and once you receive jesus the sad truth is this is where most people stop oh yeah i was going somewhere with that why receive jesus is he if he's actually the lower quality version that we actually need Right? Why 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 receive this? <laughs> yeah, what version Marcus Rogers has? <laughs> he has like a, <laughs> he, he has the old IBM software, right? The old uh, <laughs> before the old internet days, you know. So yeah, man, like old Microsoft days. Like, why would you tell people to receive a lower quality, lower version? That, like I said, this this when you question this stuff, it doesn't make sense. They just worry about getting to heaven. And God said, but I came that you may have life and life to the full. And through this series, my prayer is that you would release God 3.0. So, first of all, I got a question about that. What does release the Holy Spirit mean? Like, I, I have no clue what that even means. Like, like I said, a lot of this now, oh, well, all the sermon has been like unbiblical language. Um, But notice, God 3.0. This man literally got up on a stage and just told people to accept God 
Imagine not knowing your Bible in any manner or any way. You would clearly think that the Spirit is the more dominant person here. He's the better person. Like, if you, if you just got saved yesterday, had no clue of Bible, right? Didn't grow up in a church, grew up in a very non-religious home. And this was like your kind of introduction into theology proper. That means a study of God, the Father, or, 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 or a study on uh, theology, and who God is, and Christology, and all those things, and pneumatology, uh, you would be like, wow, yeah, okay, the Spirit is greater? I'm, I'll have to study that, but yeah, okay, he, my pastor says it, I guess I should believe it. And be stuck in a heretical view. Be believing a heretical view. Now, I grew up in church, and <laughs> I had some heretical beliefs that I, I just accepted by default because I was taught them. You know, I mean, I think someone mentioned it earlier, but a, a view that I that's very common today. But and I believe as well as oh, the Old Testament God, that's all wrath and the New Testament God is all grace and the New Testament God. That's he's more loving and kind. More grace, forgiveness. That's a very uh, Martian view of God. And you don't know, don't know what a Martian is, is study church history. <laughs> Study church history. I, I'm not going to go too in-depth into it right now. But Martian believed that the Old Testament God was very evil and, and that the New Testament God, well, some parts of the New Testament, was to be received over and against the New, Old Testament. Now, many people have a, 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 a version of that when it comes to the theology. I know I did. That's what I was taught. But yeah, so this is God 3.0. I wish I had a, I had some work so I could draw on this screen. I, I'll have to try to see if I can uh, invest into something. <laughs> I need the I need the drawing board, so to speak. This guy is saying the spirit is 3.0. How do you come to that conclusion reading the Bible? That's what I want to ask. Uh, uh, Michael Todd, I almost called him Marcus Rogers. <laughs> uh, how do you come to that version? How do you come to that belief? The Bible don't get you there. The Bible does not get you there, Michael Todd. You know, I, um, like I said, I know a lot of people will, you know, come on the comments and they'll, you know, you'll see it after this video. Give it a couple days and people will say I'm unloving and I'm ungracious and I'm, I'm, I'm a Pharisee. People will say all those things. But I'm concerned for the people in Transformation Church because guess what? His theology won't transform you, at least for holiness. May transform you some other way, but it won't transform you to holiness because he has a wrong view of God. See, in our our westernized postmodern day, we minimize theology. Right? Oh, you're just being too technical. You're like the Pharisees, right? That's that's the common language people will say to you if you if you actually think theology is important and who God is is important. But People don't understand biblically that knowing right theology is actually impacts the way you live. And because I care, because I've been impacted by my theology, I care for Michael Todd and I care for the members of his church, though I don't know them. I would love to talk to Michael Todd out if he's willing, if anybody knows him. Hey, I'm willing to talk. But his theology will actually stunt people's growth if they are saved in his church. It will stunt your growth because Michael Todd doesn't have a theology big enough for people to grow in, right? His God is very humanistic, right? We've already talked about in past videos, his, his God is on the lazy boy. His God is taking naps. It's very humanistic. It's very low. You know, you have a low version of God. You have a low theology. You have a high version of man, high view of man. And you won't, people won't be able to grow past, past that. And so I say all this to say, hey, I, I, I don't have any hate or animosity to Michael Todd, the person. I don't know him. But what he's teaching is problematic and needs to be corrected. So, yes. Guys, make, while you're watching, make sure you like the video. Hopefully you've been enjoying it. Um, uh, yes, great verse, great verse. But let him who boasts in this, 
that he understands and know me. Knowing God is very important. Knowing God is is essential to your Christian living. You know, and though we're often inconsistent with knowing God and how it lives our, impacts our life, the Bible is very clear that that's the case. Your 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 theology will impact your living. You have a wrong view of God, it, it often creates wrong way of living. I wish I was in your church coming up as a minister because my pastor didn't teach me anything about the Trinity. I mean, hey, welcome to the club, my friend. <laughs> I had no clue. I, I remember using the egg analogy, the water analogy. I remember using those things because I wasn't taught. Right? I was just trying to figure God on my own. And right, I wasn't being discipled and trained in these things. And so um, it's important to be discipled. It's it's important to be in a church. A good and when I when I say a church, not just any old Michael Todd kind of church, but a good church that has, you know, the essentials that they're preaching, they're not perfect. No, of course not. But they, but they have a grasp on the word of God and they're, they're, they're striving to give that to the people of God. You know, they're not just trying to entertain people. That's, that's, that's another thing that's wrong with Michael Todd's church. It's just full of entertainment. Yeah. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. Yes, absolutely. It's Michael Todd's church is just full of entertainment. I can't imagine being there. I mean, my soul would literally just be like, I'm tired of the games, bro. I was in a church like that when I was in the youth. When I first got became a Christian, I was young. And that's kind of the formulation of it, man. And I, and I, I was just, I was tired of it. I, w- I, w- I, I wasn't learning anything. And I remember the first time someone really started pre- preaching the Bible to me. I'm not kidding. Like we would be on the phone for like five hours. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. Weekly, if not daily, sometimes three, four days a week. Cause I was just, I was hungry for, 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 for something biblical. Cause I wasn't getting it for years. And then when I finally got it, it was like, ah, oh, I was probably overeating. <laughs> I was eating it, man. I, 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 I couldn't get enough. I could not get enough of just going through the Bible. And man, I was just like, wow, man, it was it was just being illumined to me. And it was an exciting time. And so maybe that's you. Hopefully these videos are, are, are doing that for you. Uh, but I would definitely encourage you to find a good local church and to plug in there and to serve there. And so thank you guys for watching, man. Till the next time, y'all know how we do it here. Grace and peace. Hey, grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Hey, grace and peace, y'all. Till the next time. Grace and peace.